Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Mishnah Yavamas Parak Aleph, Mishnah Gimel, and Mishnah Dalit. Mishnah Gimel is actually moving us away from Yibam for a minute, but it's playing off the previous Mishnah. In our previous Mishnah, we discussed that let's say Ruvain marries his niece. He marries Shimon's daughter, and then he also marries another woman named, uh, we'll call her Miriam. So Shimon is therefore can't do Yibam, certainly with his daughter, he can't marry his daughter, and he can't either do Yibam with the Tzrara, with the co-wife of his daughter. It's all prohibited. Where what do you give a case, which is our mission here, where the co-wife would be prohibited to the brother? Meaning to say you have, a, you have a, a, a relationship where you have a woman who's prohibited to marry any of the brothers. In that case, so if that woman goes and marries, it, it becomes a co-wife to another woman, the other woman is not prohibited to the original uh, person, who the uh, first person would have been an erva to. That was very ambiguous, but we'll see the case and it'll become clarified hopefully very quickly. Sheish Arayas, there's six chamuros be'elim. There are six cases of erva that are more stringent than these 15 women mentioned in Mishnah 1. And because of that, it ends up with a leniency that their co-wives will become permitted to the brother. What is that? Emo. Let's say a man's mother, who's not married to his father. A man is born out of wedlock. His mother, will call her uh, Miriam. She's not, she then goes ahead and she marries Ruvain. And Reuven also marries Ahuva. So Ahuva, and, uh, in, the, in the event that uh, Reuven dies, Ahuva is now permitted to this man. Why? Because we don't, because the, uh, the, the, the stringency of the herb was so strong, we don't prohibit, we don't say that it's prohibited. Moreover, the ages of it. Again, cases as follows. Let's use names. Uh, Yaakov, Yaakov has a stepmother named Dina. He, of course, he can't marry Dina. Dina, then, in her second marriage, marries Yechiel. And Yechiel is also married to Ra- uh, Rachel. Yaakov is allowed to marry Rachel in the event that, that marriage does, the first marriage doesn't work out. We don't say that because she's a co-wife, if someone is erva to him, um, he, she's prohibited. But because the erva is so extreme, so stringent, we actually give this, this, this leniency. Vachos Aviv, his father's sister. Achosmi Aviv, his half sister from his father's side. Veishes Achi Aviv, his half, his his father's brother's former wife. Veishes Achosmi Aviv, and the former wife of his half brother from his father's side. In all these cases, if the marriage ended and there was not a situation of yibum, if there was a tzara, a co-wife, they can marry this person. Okay, we uh, I lied to all of you. Now, I didn't lie to you intentionally, but it happens to be that this that we say a co-wife is prohibited is not really so clear. Yes, the the um, the um, and and um, and this is actually a machlokus between Beis Shammai and Beis Hilla. Beis Shammai over material tzaros ba'achem. A co-wife of an erva is permitted to the brother. So again, the case would be um, Reuven marries uh, Reuven marries Shimon's daughter. So and then Reuven dies. Shimon's not allowed to marry his daughter, obviously. But we also learn he's not allowed to marry the Reuven's second wife uh, because she's a co-wife to an erva. Beishamah says that's not true. He actually could marry the second wife. So Reuven is married to uh, uh, the daughter of Shimon. Her name is Dina. And he's also married to, to Miriam. So, uh, Shimon's allowed to marry Miriam. Of course, he can't marry Dina. He can marry Miriam. We still, also, we still learned the way we, we always learned and said, and said no, the, both co-wives are also. What are some nafkaminas, some ramifications of this? Kaltzu, if one of the co-wives performs um, uh, chalitza with the living brother, Beishamah says this is a, a meaningful chalitza. And thus, he's disqualified from marrying a Kohen. A Kohen is not allowed to marry a Chalitz, someone who did Chalitza. He still said, no, if the, um, 
if the if Shimon goes ahead and does chalitza with Miriam again, who's not his daughter, who's his daughter's co-wife, the chalitza is meaningless. He didn't have to do it, and therefore she's still eligible to marry a kohen. Um, next, this yavu. What if they do yibum? Mishama says that she's eligible to marry a kohen subsequent to this marriage, assuming that the, the person dies. Basil says no, because someone, a woman who has a forbidden relations with a man, is considered a zona and therefore forbidden from marrying a kohen. Again, very good. Now you would think what ends up merges from here is you're gonna have these big machlokas in Kalal Yisrael where I'm not gonna Basil is not gonna want to have his daughters marrying Bishami, especially if they're Kohanim. If the uh, is, or one of his sons marrying Bishami's daughters, especially if they're Kohanim, because Bishami is basically permitting, uh, in some cases, uh, and or vice versa, a Kohen to marry a, a Chalot or not. Even though Basil forbade uh, and Bishami permitted it, and therefore one side of the dispute would disqualify the other, or uh, vice versa. Beishami did not refrain from marrying the woman of Beishami, and they didn't refrain from either. I mean, to say, I assume there was a certain, uh, they, they had transparency, and they talked about what would be allowed, what wouldn't be allowed, no one tried to trick each other. Similarly, similarly, if you had a case where there was a dispute, if someone is Tame or Tahar, they did not refrain from preparing tar food on the utensils of the other because there'd be transparency. They'd explain exactly uh, what took, what transpired so that so that they can uh, keep their respective opinions. I wish you all a wonderful day.